Hello and welcome to Minyip, your fantasy sports community. I'm your host, Blake, coach of Youngies Yaks, and I'm joined by Clinton. And I am coach of Dash's Dogs. Are we live, Blake? Is that true? Or... Yeah, we're um, we're back <laughs> live again after after last week's failed attempt at going live on the Friday for our team reveals. We're uh, we're live again, so hopefully this this one works better than last week, Clinton. Um, <laughs> We're having a good night, technically was, so um, we'll see how this goes. But thank you to our new subscribers over the last week, Clinton. We've got a few new subscribers to our YouTube channel, so hopefully they, they might drop in for our live show tonight. Um, so that was Shane, Peter, and Shannon, so thank you for subscribing. And if you are watching or listening to the show for the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, yeah. It's good to be back for round 11, Clinton. The season is flying. It is. It's that important time of the year where the trades are upon us and uh, hopefully we're all prepared for that. Yep. I'm going to um, just share our um, live show with a few people, Clinton. Um, I just want to ask you a quick question. There's been a lot of talk about the state of the game at the moment with the umpiring of the game. I'm not going to ask you directly about the umpiring, but I saw a tweet on Monday, which I thought was quite interesting, that there should be a better pathway for ex-AFL players to um, take up umpiring because they've got a good game sense. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I think it's definitely something, especially for players that may play for a few years and have injury concerns or, uh, yeah, perhaps uh, wanting a different career path in their early to mid-20s. I think once an average footballer finishes their career, 30 to, I don't know, they may continue to play to their 35. Um, Yeah, in terms of professionally, I I think it's ideal that umpires start young and get experience. I don't know. Interesting question to start off the show, Blake. Without notice. Yeah. Questions without notice. Um, yeah. Just while we did that, we've got some uh, people viewing our live show now. Caleb, oh, great. Caleb's, Caleb's uh, started viewing the show, so welcome, Caleb. Um, feel free to shoot through any questions about your team and we'll get to it when we can. Let's get to our round reviews now, Clinton, of round 10. Um, I for, will start off with Supercoach. I scored 2,420. Uh, which takes me to a rank of 7,522. So pretty happy with a, about a 2.5K rise there. Um, I had a yeah, pretty good week. It was mainly just because I captained Oliver. My trades, I traded out Gibkiss, who only scored 60 and went up by only 5K. So I was happy with that trade. Cornelio I traded out, who scored 140, but still went down in price, Clinton. Jack Steele was injured. So I've used my last trade boost there so all my extra trade boosts are gone i brought in mccray who scored 104 brayshaw 94 and uh Karmis, who scored 12 on my bench but like i said it was mainly just the input of clayton oliver's captaincy that got me through the round Yes, Buku was disappointing. He's not alone in terms of that bubble score. There's um, been a few players we, we've brought in recently who have failed in their third game. So hopefully the next batch of rookies that we bring in 
deliver better scores. Um, good score, Blake. Uh, my score was 23.48, which is now leaving me with a rank of 1,995. On face value, it wasn't a bad score, but it definitely could have been improved. And it was self-inflicted. I was in COVID protocols last week. I had lots to think about, and I thought a lot about Supercoach. Um, let me run through a couple of mistakes I made. The first one being, as I said, very much self-inflicted. I wasn't going to touch the Friday night game for VC. I knew it was going to be a tough game, but I didn't think there'd be huge scores. But then five minutes before bounce, I decided to VC Sam Doherty. I just had a weird feeling and I wanted to enjoy that Friday night game a bit more. That didn't pan out. So then into the Saturday, um, the plan was all along to – my safe option was locking Neil on the Sunday. I was contemplating Laird. I had a lot of options. And then the Gold Coast and Bulldogs game was about to start. And then I thought, no, nah, let's just go to Took. He's safe. He's back in form. So I captained Took Miller for his 59. So um, that alone, if I had have gone, Clayton Oliver would have made another 120 points. But – it doesn't stop there. In terms of my trades, uh, I traded at Gibkiss, Dylan Stevens, and Stephen Canelio. I brought in Greg Clark, Rory Laird, and Buku Kamas. So the other, the second layer to my big mistake was I once the Giants news broke that there was a few outs, um, I immediately thought Canelio will score well. I had it in my mind all week that I was trading him no matter what. But then, yeah, what I did, when the news broke, I contemplated, oh, I still want Rory Laird. I want Rory Laird. I don't want to try and fiddle around. I'll just leave it, right? I did, the thought didn't even cross my mind that I should, should have got rid of Nick Martin instead. All week it was always a, a, a close debate, but I was, Cornelio, Cornelio's going. But then, for whatever reason, I actually didn't cross my mind that I should have just traded out Nick Martin instead of Cornelio. And that decision alone has cost me 90 points there. So collectively, I cost myself well and truly over 100, upward towards 200 points just on those two silly mistakes. Those are the types of mistakes that are the difference between challenging at the top or just you know going okay because they all add up. So very disappointing from that end. But... I can't, uh, I can't go back in time and change a VC and C option. That's mistakes like that happen. But there may be a silver lining in the whole Cornelio trade out. So I'll get to that later with my trades. Yeah, I'm uh, loving the um, live show already, Clinton. There's comments coming through. Oh, no. Um, your mate, Caleb, I'll see if I can put on screen. He's, it, that was in reaction to your um, trades. He said that stinks. Yeah. Um, and... Thank you to Daniel, said might need to lift your game. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, the I'm loving the live show already. So thank you, boys, for your input into the show. Um, let's get into Guess Who now, Clinton. Yeah, that's right. Your favourite segment's back, the Guess Who. Uh, do you remember last week's, Clinton? No. It's been a long week. <laughs> who, who, who was it? It, it sure 
it sure is your favourite segment. Last week it was Josh Kelly who was the informed player and he backed it up again with another 125. Um, yeah, you're obviously paying attention to my Guess Who segment. Let's get into the, let's get into this week's Guess Who, Clinton. So this player is averaging 126 over the last three games. He's a bit of a unique option as they, Stop. As they all are. Is it? Crouch. Crouch is correct. Um, is very lowly owned player, Clinton, and they're missing their best player in steel. Any consideration to Brad Crouch? Not for me. Um, I currently have seven premiums in my midfield, and I'm already eyeing off a trade-in for this week. And uh, Crouchy won't be coming in, but um, the Saints are playing well. Someone was always going to step up in Jack Steele's absence, and there's still a bit of debate as to. I'm not sure if Crouch can sustain that. They have, they have other options like um, Gresham, Ross. Yeah, I've been watching the Saints a lot recently, but I'm sure there's other players who are taking midfield time, and yeah, I don't. I wouldn't trust Brad Crouch. Although I'm happy for him, that he's playing well. He's a good St. Pat's boy. Uh. Sinclair's another one from the St. Kilda that's been stepping up in his absence. Um, Crouch has only put in one low score this year, Clinton, and that was in the terrible conditions in Cairns. So um, he's been scoring pretty consistently other than that. Uh, let's go to our bold predictions now, Clinton. Um, so, again, do you remember what mine were last week? Uh, you put a moz on someone. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Nick Martin? Who did it come through? No, so I put the mods on Rory Laird last week, Clinton, who he did okay. He scored 105, so he didn't get my uh, bold prediction correct of scoring below 90. But my other bold prediction last week, Clinton, I said that four GWS players would score 500. Those players were Tim Taranto, didn't play, <laughs> Bruce, illness. Whitfield, ankle, only one of them played, and that was Cornelio, who scored 140. If, so if did, they played, they would, have, they would have got it. <laughs> the one player I said didn't score 500 by himself, no. So um, both my bowl predictions last week are incorrect. Yes, stiff on that one. Um, my two, I mentioned Tom Stewart to score 150. Uh, he was a bit... Quite early, I think he's had a very quiet majority of the first quarter. Then in a blink of an eye, his, his points um, came through. But yeah, 122, so very happy with that score as an owner, but yeah, not quite 150. My second one was I was backing Morris to uh, bounce back from his high score of seven, I think it was the week before. But uh, I predicted he'd score more than his debut game, but it wasn't to be. I predicted 92 plus, but 67. I still give that as a bit of a tick in terms of a bounce-back game. So as long as he can stay in the team, I'm happy with those scores. Um, so two fails for me. I'm hoping to bounce back from my bold predictions, and let's let's hope I can get it right this weekend. Yep, my first bold prediction for this round 11, Clinton, a player who I traded out early in the year, and then I've brought him back in, and then he scored under 92 rounds in a row. He's going to bounce back big against Collingwood this week. It's Patrick Crisp, 
Crips, who's uh, your... You make that sound like the most difficult thing to say ever, every single week. If it's Jack Crisp or Patrick Crips, you make it sound like you are saying the hardest word ever. <laughs> go, go, go again, please. Go again. Patrick Cripps is going to score yeah. 160 plus this week. I hope so. He's in my team, and uh, every week he, he's um, Chris Paul yeah, Cripps. I do think he will score well. Um, his teammate Sam Walsh is someone I'm eyeing off, and he, he may be coming to my team in a couple of weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if he also scores very high. Um, are you going? Are you going again? Caleb's uh, pronunciation. Caleb's Um, border. Yeah. uh, Are you going with your second one? Do you want me to go? You go because I've got to say my Moz. Oh, yes. So I'll go the Max too. Um, Yeah. uh, Another player who's I brought into my team a couple of weeks ago uh, is a bit of a differential down back. Um, He saved his score late the last couple of weeks, but this week at home, I'm expecting a bit of a bounce-back game, and that's Dane Zorko. Um, I'm happy that he's in my team. He just hasn't delivered yet. So this week, I'm hoping is the week he turns it on. I'm expecting 140-plus. Yep. My second, my second yep. is that bold enough? Yeah, it's bold enough. Thank you. My second option is another player that's very popular, and he's had a very, very disappointing last three weeks. He has been owned by some people at his lowest point, but uh, I've had him all season. He's been up and down, but I'm hoping he t- turns it around. And that's Max Gorn. Um, he hasn't punished non-owners the last few weeks. And I think it's about time he does, so I'm expecting 150-plus this week. Um, versus Fremantle, uh, if big... Witsy, who who did Fremantle play last week? No, sorry, Darcy Cameron. If Darcy Cameron can score what he scored versus Fremantle last week, surely Max Gorn can deliver a big score. So Max Gorn, 150-plus. I saw a tweet earlier today, Clinton, that if Max Gorn plays 75% of the game forward, that he'll get DPP status. I don't think Simon Goodwin will be uh, factoring in (laughs) his decision in terms of playing, but Max gone forward or rough this week because of that. But imagine if he randomly plays full forward all game. Just it seems to be still nursing that knee injury from the what I've seen, Clinton. But um, yeah, hopefully he can bounce back this week for you. Um, he's not in my team. Um, my moz for this week, Clinton. So be last careful. week, last week we traded out a player. Who was coming up against West Coast? Yes, Blake. Scored, oh, good, good. And he scored 140. But so in previous weeks, I've I've gone Mozes just based off players that aren't in my team with no backing of of reasoning. But this week, Cornelio, who who was playing against West Coast, had an over exaggerated score last week where West Coast just let him do whatever they want. This week, my bold prediction is Cornelio is going to score below 60. It's the first Moz that I like, Blake, because he's not in my team anymore. So um, there's a lot of smugness from the Cornelio 
holders, and it sounds like Caleb was one of them. Um, but it's, uh, I think, it's some in some way it is fair enough. I mean, sometimes a player <laughs> like that who is very highly owned is traded out by a lot, and whichever way the score goes, you've got every right to be a bit smug about it. So, as I said, I think there's a silver lining for the traders, though, because that allows you to upgrade, whereas now holders of Canelio will be holding, and there's still an element of risk and doubt about his ability to score well against a better opponent. So we'll see this week. Yeah, not playing against witches' hats this week, so that'll be good. Let's get into community questions. Yeah, your favourite music. So if you are um, watching the show live, send through your questions about your team so we can um, respond to them live for you. Um, but my first – so go, do the same as last week, Clinton. You'll get a bit of facts and then you'll get a question. Okay. Yeah. Um, my The first one just before we went live on the show was um, Bailey Smith didn't train today with, I believe it was illness they, they put it down to. Did you see that news? That's news to me. So there's a bit of breaking news. That was um, posted by Pete Ratings or something like that on Twitter. Um, I, I'll check that yeah, for you. Ratings, Pete. There's a um, yeah. Did the Bulldogs trade at night time or something? I don't, surely, if they trained yeah. this morning, that would have been released earlier today. You would have you would have thought so, but yeah, he is. He's been on. Uh, had some good knowledge um, this year, Pete Ratings. He's um, whenever he puts a warning out on Twitter, you you pay notice because it comes through most of the time. Um, so Bailey Smiths didn't train. The question was going to be around DPPs happening after this week, Clinton, um, with a lot of players looking to pick up forward status, and he was one of them. The other was Bontempelli, who's right on the fringe. So hopefully he plays some more forward minutes. The question for you, does tomato sauce go in the cupboard or the fridge? That is a great question. I get it a lot. I like the option. I like that when you go to the supermarket, get a couple of bottles of sauce, put one in the you fridge. Go, you hedge your bets. <laughs> put one in the pantry because there's sometimes you just prefer one to be cold. I, I honestly, my preference is and my answer is, out of the fridge. Out of the, the fridge. Out of the fridge. Pantry. I know it says on the container or bottle, it says refrigerate after opening, but I prefer it out of the out of the fridge. I've never heard that before. Hedging your bets and buying two bottles of sauce. That's smart. Oh. That's unbelievable. It's that's that'll break the show, that, that knowledge. Um, can you respond to the DPP part now? What's what's the actual question? Because yes, there is a lot of DPPs coming in. Uh, Pally. How and... important is it to bring in these players this this week, or should you be waiting another week? It all depends. Every, everyone's team's different, um, and the biggest risk is the round thirteen buy and the amount of players that a lot of people have. You got to be very aware of how many players you got playing in round 13. I'm on that real danger zone or numbers. And I'm at this point in time, bringing in two Bulldogs 
and that will leave me with by the time I get to round 13 and trade in three players that have just had the buy in round 12, that'll leave me with, I think, 19. So I'm on, on that cusp of danger danger zone. But uh, um, in terms of those players, yes, ideally we want those both of those players in our forward lines. Um, the question is if, you're, if you've got the likes of Cornelio, you're not trading him this week. If, if you've got... Darcy, I'm looking at mine. Darcy Cameron, Will Brody, Zach Butters. You're not trading those players yet, so all depends on your last midfield position and if you can fit them in now. And then in a couple of weeks, you can then move those players forward. So that's what I am doing. I'm bringing in uh, Bottom Pally at this stage. Yep. Um, so that just answered part of my next question, Clinton, regarding buy strategy. I've seen some people, they're just loading up on two rounds, not worrying about one of them. Um, would you put people off this strategy? And a follow-up question to that is, why did Tottenham finish higher than Arsenal in the APL? So, uh, the uh, as you can see, I'm not wearing Arsenal shirt tonight. Um the you really throw me with these questions because I have an answer <laughs> ready to go, and then you, I, I'm I'm trying not to swear now, I'm, and then you really throw me. Um, and I, I was about to answer that first question, and now you th- completely throw me. Um, the answer is depends on what you're playing for. Um, I think the if you're playing for just your own league, yeah, if one weekend doesn't matter, then do, do that, it's fine. But if you're playing for overall, like we are, if you're trying to get the highest rank possible, ideally you have it well-structured so you can have at least 18 playing in each week. So depends what your aim is with Supercoach because I know some people do that and they don't really care about one week, but I personally try and structure it up. So going into round 12, I'll have roughly 21 players. As I said earlier, I'll have about 18, 19 for round 13, and then by round 14, I should hopefully have, yeah, at least 20 again. So, um, all, all, and the preparation for that starts about a month ago. So, uh, if it's if you're trying to get your team sorted now, it could be too late, but just be aware which plays you're bringing in. And the um, answer, hang on, hang on. <laughs> the answer to your question is that Arsenal lost the first three games of the season due to COVID reasons. And then they had a good season for the vast majority. And then the last month, they turned to very average again. So they threw it away. The top four was in their hands and they just passed it off to Tottenham. So Tottenham deserve it. Arsenal still need to get better. Yeah, and the Man City game was absolutely unbelievable for those who watched it. Uh, Let's get back to Supercoach now. Tim English, Western Bulldogs have said he's back this week. Would you consider Tim English for your side? He's averaging 121. And uh, who's better, Foo Fighters or Powderfinger? Uh, Tim English is an option, but he's had a very interesting month with a hamstring injury and then being sick and losing weight. I would not bring him this week. Um, I'd avoid that. Um, I'd prefer to play... For example, like me, I'm playing Paddy McCartan at F6 this week and I'm bringing in a premium mid. Uh, 
Bont, I've mentioned him, to send forward. So it all depends on your own teams, but I think he will be an option. But I think uh, we'll give him these next two weeks. Then, he'll have, then he has his buy. And then if he's looking good, then he's an option. And I yeah. do love both bands, but Powderfinger is my one of my favourite favorite bands, so it's hard to go past that. Yeah. Um, the next one is a three-parter. <laughs> a, what's the best best rookie options for this week? B, what did I tell you about Rory Thompson last week? And C, what is the best flavour of Shapes Biscuits? A, Cleary is very well uh, being dr- uh, brought in at the moment, but I still have a doubt if he plays this week. He's played well, but things could be thrown into – everyone's trade plans could be uh, turned into turmoil very I soon. Taylor, I think Taylor Jure is a good chance of taking his spot this week. Yeah, so I think on face value he's a great pickup, but, I mean, um, yeah, I just wait to teams. I, I, I still think I'll bring him in if he's picked, but if he's obviously not – I don't know what I'll do because that um, that will make Bont a hard play to try and get. Um, Roy Thompson, well, he got injured, so he'd scored because third. He's an injury-prone player. You can't – well, let, let's just talk about that for a second. Sometimes soft history injuries, if that's repeated, that's an injury-prone player. If you get a random knock and hurt yourself, that's accidental. doesn't matter if you're an injury-prone player or the most dribble player ever. It'll be the same injury. So sometimes these things happen and that's unlucky. So that wouldn't have – him being an injury-prone player wasn't a factor with the decision. So he was on 30 points in after about 10 minutes and he still scored – Almost three times more than Buku, who played the whole game. So, um, yeah, um, and see, nacho cheese is my favourite, which is a random one, which I think it's very underestimated. There's uh, a lot of people like their barbecue and stuff. Um, nacho pizza. cheese. Oh, not sure. Um, question from Caleb off the. We need a sponsor for the comments. I don't know the. Cheddar comments or something. I, I don't know. The, we need, nacho we need cheese, please. Yeah, we need um, the nacho cheese comments. Um, and, and, if, and the room temperature sauce. <laughs> oh, that, that might work even better. Um, Kieran's put through chicken crimpy. Um, the chicken, <laughs> chicken yeah. crimpy comments. <laughs> that's, a, that's the last one, Kieran. That, that's the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. Um. I forgot what I was going to – back to the footy show questions. Um, if Sweet isn't named this week, surely English is a go. They're playing West Coast, If, but I, I think Sweet will be named. Um, and I think they'll ease English back. I don't think they'll take Sweet out of the team, English, full-time ruck. And the other benefit of that is I, I think – uh, English will play more time forward. I think Buku will get dropped as a result. And I think that will mean Bontempelli plays more midfield minutes, which is why I'm getting him in. 
Uh, question on screen, Perryman, yes, but very risky. It's uh, the yo-yo and the rolls. There's still no clip. One sample size for the Giants isn't enough to bring in a risky option like Perryman, although he's a player that I do like. Yeah, I think he's very underrated, but there's no certainty what's going on with the Giants players. Obviously, Taranto's out. Whitfield was out. They could come back in and who knows where they'll be playing. So I think you need watch it another week this week and then they have the bye and then there might be a little bit more clarity. A question I have for you, Clinton, some players that have pretty much the top averaging players in defence is uh, Jordan Dawson and still Jack Sinclair. They're very, they haven't got very high ownership. Any, If you were bringing in a premium defender, would those two players be um, on your radar? Uh, yes, the bye would come into it as to when it is. So Sinclair has one more game than a bye. Um, in all honesty, I haven't seen their games recently, so I can't proper judge, especially Dawson. Um, but I just – Dawson's the type of player that – I think he's that good that teams will, should be putting attention to him whether it's wing, whether it's half-back, on ball, I think he's almost propelled himself straight away into Adelaide's best player. So that sets off alarm bells as to all it takes is the opposition to put a bit more attention to him and he may struggle to score. But in terms of as a player, I'd like him more than Sinclair. But in terms of a safer score for the rest of the year, I'd probably say Sinclair because... He's gone through the midfield time and he's played back on the weekend. He's still scoring very high. So he seems like a bit of a Jaden Short. So, um, yeah, they're both, they're both good options is the answer. Yep. Uh, next one I'll answer, Clinton. Um, Tom Mitchell on the weekend, he put in a big score. Um, I think it was mainly due to his score. He had a few shots on goal and kicked a goal and around the ground he was getting a lot of the ball. But his actual midfield time, yeah, he only attended 48% of the centre bounce attendances. So he has dropped a fair bit in price. So I'd like to see one more week from him to see if he actually is back. I think this year he's playing a different role for Hawthorne. I think Sam Mitchell's asked him to be a little bit more creative in his role and this has impacted his scoring. So I'd like to see one more week from Tom Mitchell before I'd be putting him into my team. But he has uh, dropped in price a fair bit. So he's a solid option going forward. Any other players you want to discuss there, Clint? Um, I don't think so. I think Cleary is probably the biggest watch in terms of teams coming out tomorrow night. Um, Pruce is another very important player that a lot of people want back in their teams, although Sam Hayes did a great job um, in replacement, getting 72. Um, and, yeah, I think as well as Cleary, Buku, yeah, I think that'll determine my VC and C as well because at the moment, if I'm bringing Cleary, it doesn't look like I'll have a loop, but potentially if Cleary doesn't get named, I, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a... I've just got a feeling I'll be juggling around my team. So I've got a feeling that Cleary won't get named. Buku's going to be dropped. Yeah, so, yeah, a bit of chaos, I reckon. Yeah, it might be a bit of carnage this week. Let's, on saying that, let's get into our trade plans for this week. So 
So during all this um, show, Clinton, I've lost my show notes. My other notes computer has died on me. So I'm just freelancing here at the moment. Um, so my trade plans for this week, I need to get – well, it dep- really depends on who returns for me. I really need Whitfield to come back into the, my team and Pruce, even though um, the GWS have said they should be back, they, they better return. Um, Tim Torino is going to be out for another week, but I'm not going to be trading him. He'll be a looping option for me. Nick Martin's got a break even of about 115, so he's got to go for me. His time has come to be up, upgraded or downgraded. Um, at this stage, I'm looking to just downgrade him to a rookie and use Paddy McCartan as my coverage. And at the moment, it is Joel Jeffrey, JJ from Gold Coast, um, who's got a low break even and only 127, about 127K in the forward line. Um, and the other player that I want to upgrade is Ward. But my issue with upgrading Ward is that I don't have, I need to bring in a player who's going to be playing in round 12 because my buys, that's the buy I'm struggling with at the moment. So I need to bring in a player who's, playing in round 12. It was going to be Bailey Smith, so hopefully he still plays Clinton because um, that was my plan at this stage to bring in Bailey Smith into my midfield and hope that he gets forward line status. Very good. Um, okay, my trades this week, um, as I said, the silver lining in the whole Cornelio and Martin thing is – if I had have kept Cornelio, yes, I would have been 90 points better, but then he'd be staying my team. But now that Martin failed with his score, I'm, my team will look better this week because um, I'm getting rid of Martin and Sam DeConing is going to be the sacrificial lamb. I ideally would like to keep him a bit longer, but with his round 13 buy, it sort of fits in well to my team that, out of him and McCartan, one of them can go this week. Um, so at this point in time, it's S- Sandy Coning out for Cleary if he gets named, and Martin is going to go to Bontempelli. So as I said, I think of the two, I can afford Bont. There's Bont even last week f- for me. Like, he's in cruise mode. Obviously, you've owned him for different parts of the year. He's in cruise mode, doesn't seem to be at his best, but he's still been scoring, I'd say, well. Um, he's averaging 112, and you'd say he hasn't been anywhere near his best. So if he can get his body right, he's playing West Coast this week. So it just fits, fits in well with my team that Bottom Pelly comes in. And I, I think the next big question, Blake, is the VC and C. And I sort of touched on it earlier. It's very, very underestimated over the course of the year. If you can nail the right captaincy scores, what a difference that makes. And that is proven by my score last week. As I said, I scored okay, but by choosing poorly, that's just – I'm now around 2,000 mark in terms of ranking. If I have got my captaincy right, I would have been in the top 1,000. So it's just little margins all year. You need to get it right. So at this point in time, it depends on who the loophole options I will have. But my, I, I do like Luke Parker on Friday night versus Richmond. 
as a VC. And my C option this week, and it's going to go down the wire, but depends what happens. If, as I said, if English comes in and plays forward in my um, guess, it's going to be either McCray or Bont would be my captain, captain for this week because I think they'll go across and um, score well. Maybe it's a bit of a McCray bounce-back game. So that's the way I'm leaning at the moment. Yeah, for my captaincy, I'm going to be VCing Clayton Oliver again after what he did last week. And um, I'll have the potential to hold on to Ward and use him as a looping option if required. So um, Clayton Oliver is my VC into my captaincy of Jared Witts on Saturday night against no Hawthorne Ruckman. He's Mm. averaging 119 and against no recognised Ruckman, could be big. Yeah, we'll see how that unfolds. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, obviously, there's a lot of owners who have Gorn, Proust and Hayes. I'm one of them. So if there's one area of the ground that could suffer this week, yeah, that's why Proust needs to come back and score well. And as I said, that's why I'm really cheering for Gorn this week because a lot of people don't own him. So I think it's about time people suffer for not owning Max Gorn, who should should realistically be the R1 of the year, but hasn't really delivered yet. Yep. You ready to get into AFL Fantasy, Clinton? I am, Blake. I can't wait. Yep, thank you for sticking around or thank you for joining us if you've uh, just switched straight to the AFL Fantasy section. So we're at 38 minutes now, Clinton. Um, if you are watching it live, make sure you leave a comment so we can um, yeah, we can respond to you. Um, Caleb's putting through, if my bold prediction is Cripper going 160, why wouldn't I captain him? So it's not a bad call. Um, and my answer to that is because... Wits is going to go even bigger. Um, Let's get into AFL Fantasy reviewing round 10, Clinton. So um, if I get up my score now that my notes are gone, I scored 2,234, which was pretty good score. I'd say it's above average there, and which has boosted me up the rankings to be 2,827. So moved up the rankings about 800 spots, I think, Clinton. So pretty happy with how that um, round 10 went. We'll get into our hits and misses shortly, but um, I'll just – how about you read through your – how you went, Clinton, while I find what trades I did because my show notes are gone. Sure, you did. Uh, you're going very well, Blake. I scored a bit below you again, but uh, yeah, twenty-one seventy-eight, which is continuing my slow rise in the ranks. I'm now eight thousand four hundred. My overall team balance is good, and it, my team's improving each week. It's just um, yeah, playing catch up. Um, I got rid of O'Driscoll and Whitfield. Actually, I got rid of Whitfield. Um, he had a disappointing previous game and when he's out injured I thought I could use that cash straight away so I brought in Cleary for the Bulldogs and Laird um, and yeah they scored okay so um, yeah 
climbing the ranks and yeah, looking to continue to bring in another premium this week. Yep. Um, so I also traded out Whitfield after hearing of that injury. Um, and the player that I brought in was Bailey Smith. I was tossing up between Clayton Oliver and Bailey Smith, um, but chose Bailey Smith just because I thought he'd get dual position status. Um, yeah, the other trade. I brought in Weir, who on my bench scored 58, so I was pretty happy with that rookie score. I said I wasn't going to do it bringing in a first gamer, but to get the value of my premium, hopefully Weary can hold his spot after being included in the side. Um, yeah, let's get into ja- our... Jacob, Jacob, yeah. Ware, Jacob Ware is a good player, isn't he? Yep, Weir is going well. Uh, let's get into our hits and misses. Yep, so my biggest hit was holding on to Tom Mitchell, who bounced back from uh, being managed from one week. He came back and scored 120, which was massive. He had a few shots on goal, and he was getting the ball around the ground everywhere. So... Um, 120 from him. I was very impressed. And also Luke Parker as my VC put in a big score of 123. And I locked that in from the Friday night game, I believe it was. So there were my two hits, Clinton. How had all your hits? Um, couple of good scores. Um, Darcy Cameron was a player that you sort of somewhat scoffed at when I was bringing in, but uh, he was a bit. Obviously fortunate in terms of his role, how Cox hurt himself early. And, yeah, he performs really well. I've got a lot of marks, obviously a lot of hit-outs. So 115, happy with his score. I think he's still had a very good value to bring in for those who don't own. Um, Clayton Oliver, I do own. I got him in, I think, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, 151, happy with that. I didn't have the C on him, though. I had it. I took the VC on... Uh, so I didn't have VC, but I backed in Bailey Smith and he got 118, so I was happy with that. Um, into my misses, a um, couple of Demons boys really let me down. Considering their opponent, um, Bowie was a player that I wanted to keep, especially for that matchup. So for him to only score 41, I've mentioned him about the last month and I've just kept on thinking he'll bounce back, but he hasn't. So he, he'll be going for me this week. The other one is Brayshaw. Angus Brayshaw, he was actually being brought in by a lot of people last week because he had been scoring very well. His average, his average was about 100. He'd been getting a lot of free ball across the half-back. And, yeah, they he scored 67. So both players in a very similar role for Melbourne against um, West Coast. Now, who are they playing? Um, who did they play last week? North North Melbourne. North Melbourne, sorry. Um yeah, I thought they'd both dominate, and collectively they scored 108. So disappointing for those two boys. Yeah, Tom Doty, the Adelaide player, he um, put a comment on Twitter asking who the best defender was to bring in. And I put Brayshaw. So hopefully, uh, didn't take my advice there, Tom. Um, he might. He, my, he might be watching. He might be watching and give us a bit of a dislike. Yeah, he's our is our one watcher at the moment. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. My missus was my 
who should be the number one ruckman. Clinton, Max Gorn scored 82. I thought he needs to perform better. There wasn't too many low scores in my team there, Clinton, from last week. So he's uh, he was my miss. And also Tom Green, I need a bit better from Tom, who should be one of my premium midfielders. He scored an 85 for me. Um, there was some lower scores, but they were mainly rookies that I need to upgrade on field. Nick Martin, Greg Clark scored in the 60s. Um, my bench emergency options who ended up playing, Hugh Dixon scored 59 and DeConing 62. So, but can't complain considering they're rookies and they helped out well and covered the likes of Proust over the weekend for us. Similar to the traders who do something very similar, I think we need to have a rule that we can't continue to give a miss to players. It comes a time when you need to trade them out. And I think (laughs) Bowie's been a player that I've mentioned last month. He needs to go for me. And I get this feeling that Tom Green has been mentioned by you a lot the last month. So Tom Green's pretty much been every week for me. I think he's his threshold as in terms of yeah, it's time for him to uh, depart your team. Yep. Let's get into some community questions, Clinton. So there was uh, if you are watching, make sure you leave a comment so we can respond to your questions about AFL fantasy. There was some news released earlier, Clinton, about Bailey Smith potentially missing training. If he happens to miss this week, would you consider trading him out for AFL Fantasy? For AFL Fantasy. If he doesn't play this week, he'll then have depend if he yeah, then they have one more game within the bye. If he's out this week, you consider it a chance that he may not play the following week. So it's something I haven't thought about. Um but, yeah, that's that's one game in three weeks. So that's an option which uh, could free up a lot of money to improve your team elsewhere. But he's a type of player that you'd want back after his buy once he gets forward status. So I'd lean towards no. Um, but, yeah. It'd be, it'd be a lot of I, value to have on your bench if he does happen to rest. Yeah, it's just I haven't processed really. I think it's very early to say that he's out, so I'll just wait and see the next couple of days. Obviously, we're always recording Wednesday night. Things, A lot of things change before game time. Yeah, I reckon we'll, uh, we'll see how we go in terms of doing a live recording this after team release, Clinton, but yeah, we'll assess that, <laughs> we'll assess that later. Um, there's a fair few Bulldogs players to consider for our forward lines, Clinton. Um, so if Bailey Smith, Bontempelli, Dunkley, English, Libertore, Trelaw, if they're all forwards, how would how would you rate them in terms of priority having them in your team? Uh, well, Dunkley's very highly owned already. Um, I personally want Smith and Bontempelli in my team. That's three. Uh, English, if he returns to the form that he showed at the start of the year, I think then he'd also be almost a must as well because he was just running around getting marks everywhere across the ground. So I think he's just a bit still at this point of wait and see. And then the other two, Liberatore, 
and Trelaw. Um, Liberatore, I think, is more of a super coach option. He gets more points for his contested possessions. I, he's not someone I'd go near in terms of fantasy. That's my personal opinion. Uh, he does get a lot of points for tackle, so it's one of those ones that, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a wait and see with how – it all depends on, on your own upgrades. If you have other players like the, I don't know, Brody, um, who else are the Ford premiums at the moment? Luke Parker, you just brought in. Like You wouldn't be trading those players out. So it depends what players you want to upgrade to. But yeah, um, I'd, I'd have Trelaw and Libba as fifth and sixth in those in, that, in terms of those options. Yeah. Um, if Braden Proust doesn't return this week, Clinton, what would you do with him? Still hold if you've got good bench cover? Um, well, first of all, he should come back. But um, if he doesn't, obviously Sam Hayes has been performing well. It would be unfortunate because uh, someone like myself who's got Darcy Cameron uh, could uh, – I, I could be able to shuffle around my team, but – that's not the case this week. He's still just a forward. So, um, poor Bruce has been scoring very well. He's averaging 98. I think he's coming back in this week. If he doesn't, potentially I'd I'd keep him again. But do you know why? Because, well, he despite having to buy the following week, um, there's not a standout. There's no standout options in terms of AFL fantasy. So, uh, Darcy, Wits... Um, yeah, I, I think they're. I think they're more super coach options in terms of fantasy. Bruce, yeah, I don't know. Potentially, he's w- worth keeping. So, interesting question there. Uh, Nick Martin, if he's who's in pretty much everyone's team still. Clinton, he's reached his peak now. He's still in forty percent of teams uh, on Wednesday night. He's reached his potential. Easy and must trade out this week if you've um, got no injuries to fix up. If you fix if, up and there's it, no other, there's I, no, I think uh, yes. Yeah, I think the answer is yes. Him, him, Dacos. There's a few in a similar boat who are. If you haven't done it already, I think they're prime targets to move on because they've done their th- done their role. They earned us a lot of money, and then you can upgrade your team. That's what they're there for. You don't pick them up at the start of the year to think that they're going to be in your team all year. So. I think the issue with um, that a lot of people are facing this week, Clinton, is they they want to upgrade and downgrade a player, but he's sort of at the awkward price. So that yeah, you need to be upgrading Nick Martin, and then you but you also need to generate cash somehow. Um, I've seen a few teams going uh, Martin down to the likes of Coleman to be an on-field option, and then upgrading a Dacos. Um, what are your thoughts on Caden Coleman? Uh, I think he was a good option three weeks ago. By the time he came into the team after his injury, if you were going to get him, it would have been earlier. I, I don't think he's a great option now. Obviously, he's been scoring okay. I'll just look at his stats now. But um, he's, he's 500, <coughs> he's 500k now. Yes, he scored 98 on the weekend, but. Um. Yeah, it's a no for me at his price. I think he should be a bit, going a bit late. 
it's a bit late and I think it should be either going up or down now. I think those types of players I don't I would I would personally wouldn't be side swapping the loss of Martin or Dacos to that because very what in in his fight last five weeks, Coleman has scored 56, 63, and a 79. So if you bring him in, side swapping for that, I'm not sure if you'd be too pleased. So, yeah. A player who's hit some form recently, Clinton, um, he's this might, it's almost linking back to the guess who again. He's averaging 117 over the last three, three rounds. He's only 762K. And he scored 113 points last week. Is Caleb Sarong? Would you be having a look at Caleb Sarong if he's not in your team, Clinton? I was very close to bringing him in last week. Um, uh, I was bringing him in, but then when Whitfield went out on Thursday night, I um, I changed my trade. So Sarong was coming into my team. I thought I thought it was a good option. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about the whole fifth returning factor. Um, I think Sarong is, will continue his role, especially the next few weeks before their buy. And by that stage, he will probably earn another 100K on top of his current price and score well. So I think he's a, a good option. But for me, I want to bring in players now that I want to keep for all season. And I'm not sure if Sarong is that necessarily. But um, yeah, so good option. But yeah, not for me now. It all depends on your money and, yeah, the way it panned out last week, that's why I traded Whitfield. And now this week I can afford to go all the way up to Bonton Pally, so I prefer someone like that first. Yeah. Um, the players with the lowest break-evens this week, Clinton, you got Joel Jeffrey, negative 11, Jake Saligo, negative 10, Cleary, negative 9, Stephens for Geelong, negative 8, and Greg Clark, 1. Who's the best rookie, depending on if we get any other debutants this week, Clinton, but who's the best rookie option this week? As usual, you want to be bringing these types of players that are going to play throughout the buyers. Um, obviously, Je- Jeffrey, is it? Jeffrey did play well. Joel Jeffrey, uh, yep. Play well last week, hit five goals. Um, you didn't mention Jacob Ware in that group, but... Um, Obviously, you brought him in last week. Uh, I'm potentially he's my number one target this week because I think he's scoring well. Well, score, he played one game, but <clears throat> I think he looks good. And if he stays in this week, he'll be my number one target. Um, Saligo is at a slightly higher price, I believe. Um, so, and yeah, I think he's maybe earned himself a few more weeks in the team. So. Yeah, it all depends on teams like Giant Ware or Weary that you call him. He may pop out of the team. So, yeah, I think um depends who you have already. But at this point in time, I've got leaned towards Jacob Ware. And, yeah, I, I, if he doesn't stay in the team, I'll look at the likes of probably Saligo um, ahead of Jeffrey because, yeah, as a small forward um, – for Gold Coast, he's not going to get five goals every week, so he may do a Malcolm Roses and next week score a very low score. So we'll see. Yep. If you um, who's the 
I've got the list in front of me, Clinton, who's averaging the most over the last three rounds. Who's the best premium option that you would be targeting to bring into your team? Um, as I said, I'm bringing Potton Pally. Um, he, he's not in terms of the highest scores the last few weeks, but he's going to get forward status and now's a good time to bring him in. Um, the other option I personally was looking at to look at my buy structure is actually Brayshaw. He's the most expensive midfielder. He hasn't been scoring as for weeks. Um, but in terms of the premiums, it depends who you have in your team. Once again, I've got the loss of Oliver. Um, I've brought in Laird recently. I've got Smith. So I've, I've got a lot of those premiums. So in terms of if, you, if you're trying to upgrade, um, I'm guessing if you don't have Oliver, I'm guessing he's at the top of your priority list. Yeah, the yeah, correct. If I if I had the money to afford him, he'd be at the top of my list. But he's nine hundred thirty six k now. It's pretty hard to get up to him. I'll read out the top ten um, last three round average for you, Clinton. Christian Petrarca's number one, aver- averaging one hundred twenty four. Dar- Darcy Parish, Clayton Oliver, Sarong, Tim English, Kelly, Crouch, Mills, Brayshaw, Laird, Dawson. So there's a few names in there who are pretty lowly owned. Um, Laird's only in 3% of AFL fantasy teams, Clinton. Crouch, 2.5%. Cali, 7%. Sarong, 5 And Parish 5 um, Considering the form they're in, would it be worth trying to target a differential? Uh, I think so. It depends where you're at. Um, and, yeah, I think the beauty of fantasy is that there's so many – of those types of names, and yeah, there's this. You might have player A and player B, and they've been scoring very much the same, but one will be owned by 45% of the competition, the other one will be owned by 3%. So, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think there's good if you're weighing up between players, and if it's price, if it's factoring in price, um, yeah, why not go for the, uh, the option that is, um, Low owned, and for example, I brought in Laird last week. I knew he's very, um, he had been scoring well. He was actually disappointing. I only scored ninety seven, but um, I've I've got Laird, I've got Mill, so I've got a few of those premiums that I think a lot of people don't have. So hopefully, over time, I can yes continue to climb the ranks because of those players. So um, but yeah, one, once again, I factored in the DPP as to why I'm bringing Bontempelli. Um, and once again, it's buy structure. So that's why it's um, – uh, there's lots, lots, lots of things to factor in. Yep. Caleb's just asked um, how the buyers work for AFL Fantasy Clinton. So how many play, how many trades do we get and how many players um, are selected each week for AFL Fantasy for the buyers? It's the same as Supercoach with the best 18 players. Um, and – you get three trades per round. Um, you, there's no boost option, obviously, like Super Coach, but instead of the normal two, you get three. I think that's the best yep. way to summarise it. How are you? How are you looking for the bias, Clinton? Uh, not too bad. Um, I the last couple of weeks, I've had to really consider that I've needed to bring in players that are playing round twelve, which I think you mentioned earlier, because um, I was yeah. I did have quite a few 
Carlton players, um, Richmond, I think, um, GWS. So I had quite a few players playing round tw- uh, yeah, sorry, I had the buy round 12. So I need to really make sure I was potentially avoiding those teams to make sure I fielded a, a strong 18 for round 12. Um, interesting questions come through the comments here, Clinton. Can we pay you to run our AFL fantasy teams and how much do you charge? <laughs> so it's, that's an interesting question there, but um, just become a, a Patreon subscriber and we'll um, we'll assist your team as much as possible. <laughs> well, we, uh, yeah, we offer advice. By no means are we... The, the, We're not going to run your team for you. <laughs> Well, experts, and clearly for both formats, where um, your own what what you what you rate two thousand, I'm ranked eight thousand. So we're not we're not uh, yeah, we're, we're flying. We're, we're actually going. I'd say okay. So I wouldn't be, be offering uh, to run your team for you, but to support the show, yes, you can become a patron, join our Discord, lots of advice, and hopefully that way you become better and enjoy it along the way. Well said, Clinton. Um, another question that came through there was um, that it went through averages last time. I think that was just to do with COVID rounds, um, COVID rounds that they use for AFL Fantasy when using averages um, instead of using the best 18. I think that happened for COVID times, didn't it, Clint? Yeah, so funny you bring that up because I think it was not last year, the year before, I think. Um, and... Uh, Melbourne, I think one of their games was cancelled due to COVID reasons, and I was winning at and I was in a matchup against Adam Oxley, and I was winning, and then he got all of his players the average, and by that stage it was early this season, so he had players. I think it was I remember clearly it was Max Gorn and Kyle Langford. He had his team. And Gorn was averaging at that point like 120. Langford had scored like 105 in round one. So he got so randomly instead of like he got all his averages and all had scored massive. So um that was only for those COVID games, yes. Yeah, a good Patreon member there, Adam, who you just weren't good enough on the day, I think, Clinton. Was unlucky. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any other plays you want to discuss before we get into our trade plans? Um, I don't think so. As you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of potentials and there's a lot of good options. It's all about timing. And we've mentioned with the loss of Max Gorn, I mean, there's people who are out there who have paid up massively for him at the wrong time. Um, there's other players like Mills, for example. I've, I brought him in after his massive scores and he's... He's still scoring okay, but he hasn't reached those high scores again. So it's all about timing, luck. But, yeah, um, I don't think there's any specifics I want to mention. The only thing I'll mention is, quick question to you, if you get your team in front of you, looking at my AFL fantasy team, in terms of on-field for this week, if my trades stay the same, I'll virtually have three players that, I'd say either rookies or players I'd want to trade out soon, mainly two. So Paddy McCartan, because I'm going quite aggressive this week, um, and McCartan will actually be fielded for me this week when mostly he hasn't been. And the other one is I'm actually going to loop uh, either 
I'll probably play D- Corey Durden. Um, and Daniel Rioli is a player that is that in that middle bracket where he's not a premium, but he's been scoring well, but I want to move him on. So they're the three in terms of on-field that over the next month I want to upgrade. How about you? Where are you looking in terms of players that you want to or would like to try over the next few weeks? I would say similar. I would say three players. Probably I still after, so this is after I've made my trades this week. Ah, uh, yes. So after my trades this week, this might reveal my trades a bit already, but I'll have uh, Dacos, Greg Clark, and Caden Coleman on my field. Yeah, they are yep. my uh, they are my three. So they're still scoring not too bad, which I'm I'm happy with. If they put out scores of above sixty, it'd probably be all right as long as they don't score below that. Um, but yeah, they're at a price now that hopefully as long as they don't have any injuries over the next couple of weeks, it'll be easy to upgrade them. Dacos is at 600K already and Coleman's just going up in price. So hope, even though I'm only just bringing him in, hopefully in three weeks' time I can upgrade him to a premium. Very good. Um, Trade plans. Yep, so I just revealed it there. Um, Coleman is coming into my team as a downgrade option from Nick Martin. So that'll get me 120K approximately. And that will give me enough cash to upgrade Gibkiss to Dane Zorko. Um, I had a bit left over from last week to use as well. So that takes my defense to Crisp, Short, Sicily, Sinclair, Hewitt, and Zorko. So that's It'll be pretty much settled back there and hopefully don't have to make any trades from my back line again. Um, at this stage, my VC was on Lockie Neal playing against GWS and my captaincy was on Bailey Smith playing against West Coast. Um, so hopefully he still plays. Hopefully Bruce returns to the side and he'll be my R2 alongside Gorn. Um, but surprisingly Clinton out of nowhere my I don't have many players that aren't playing on my bench at the moment so two weeks ago I had about two or three players on my bench that were even playing but now out of nowhere they're they've returned Dixon's back playing um made a few good downgrade options bring in where we're and uh yeah so it's good to finally have some bench cover and get that cash generation going again Excellent. Um, my trades is where is coming into my team as long as he stays in the team. Bowie is finally going, which is a relief. Um, a month ago, I was really going to continue to keep him to, until he's round 14 by, but he's not going to make it that long. So he's going. Nick Martin's also departing my team, and that gets me enough money to bring in Marcus Bontempelli. So... Um, I'm chasing that matchup this week. I'm chasing him now because I think he'll score well. He'll go up in price and a lot of people will be trying to get him in because he'll be getting that forward status. That will leave me with – I've mentioned the names I want to upgrade, but then I'll I'll also have Bontempelli and Bailey Smith in my midfield, which will then post by – I'll be able to shift them forward and then obviously, yeah, with the, whoever leaves my team in terms of the forwards, 
that'll free up two more midfield spots to complete my team. So um, my VC, I've got Callum Mills on a Friday night. I think this is a type of game that he'll go big in. Um, Richmond, you know, SCG, the way Richmond played, they like to uh, be quite aggressive, move the ball fast. I think he'll get a lot of tackles. Callum Mills is a very good player that moves in around the right spots to get short kicks. A couple of years ago, he was the type of player that when he was playing half-back, I was watching him like a hawk. He'd be on, but he, the, Jake Lloyd would get it and just kick it over his head. Whereas now that he's in the midfield, he's very good at just getting those short kicks and marks. And I just see him going massive on Friday night. I wish I owned him in Supercoach. I don't. Um, but I think he'll score well Friday night. And my C option will be one of Bailey Smith, Jack McRae, or Marcus Bondapelli. And I'll decide that um, closer to the game. But as I said earlier, I think this is a Jack McRae bounce-back game. I'm, I'll be tempted to captain him in both formats. So, But recently, I've been backing Bailey Smith, who's been on my team, and he's scored well. So hopefully he's fit enough. Uh, some good trade-in options there, Clinton, and can't argue with those captaincy options either. So, yep. Uh, anything further you want to add before we wrap up there, Clint? No, hopefully this live experiment goes well. Um, as Blake always says, please uh, give us a bit of love, write some comments. Uh, Blake does a fair bit of tweeting. If you'd like to send some feedback to Blake via his tweets, um, obviously, we do this every Wednesday night. We're not always up to date with the trade plans or in terms of injuries because it all changes on a Thursday night. But uh, it, I think it's a good way we can review the previous week, um, let it dissect after a couple of days. If we had have done this on a Monday night, I think you would have seen a bit more of an angrier Dash's dogs because, yeah, in terms angry, of... Angry dogs. He... Uh, I, I did let myself down with a couple of decisions, but that is fantasy. Um, and, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Blake, you do a lot of hard hard work to get this up and going. So I think all the support is appreciated and a great way to support us is of the link below in terms of our Patreon and you can join our Discord chat. We talk about, obviously, our teams and a bit of banter. We spoke a lot of Seinfeld last week. And now, soon, we're actually planning a catch-up in terms of our Patreons. Um, hopefully, all those Melburnians can get on a train out to Gisborne and we have a good catch-up. Yeah, it's a fair hike. I don't know about going all the way out there. But, um, yeah, well said there, Clinton. Thank you to everyone who commented during our live show as well. Much appreciated. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time for our – AFL Fantasy and Supercoach Show. Good luck for round 11, everyone. Right. Yes, Clinton, what have you got? Oh, you got? That's it? Oh, I was, I was going to mention, the, as you mentioned about Arsenal and Tottenham, the season's just finished. Um, we did a lot of FPL shows at the start of the season. Obviously, soon, before you know it, we'll be back in the FPL. Um, so we do FPL, we do Big Bash, we do Supercoach Racing. So there's a lot of for of those formats which will be coming up the next few months. Blake's going to be busier because he's going to be a dad by around that time, later in the year. So it's all Busy happening. September. Yep, it's yes. all happening in September. So, um, yep. Thanks for announcing that to our YouTube 
community. Um, hope, hopefully all our viewers share, share that news everywhere, so that'll be great. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Clinton. Good luck for round 11.